So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Yes, even more exclusive content from Sports Key to Wrestling on your podcast feed. And if you're enjoying it, why don't you just help us out and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you're enjoying. And also check out all the other content we have. Top Story, new episodes of it nearly five days a week. Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw with Legion of Raw. And every Friday night, Dutch Mantel covering SmackDown and Rampage. Plus exclusive interviews and pay-per-view post shows as well. All on this feed. Oh, we are here. Don't well, two out of three of us are here. Dutch just disappeared. I, I swear to God, he was here when I hit the open. And then the open, like with 20 seconds, Dutch just disappeared. <laughs> what on God's green earth just happened? We've lost Dutch. I repeat, how do we lose Dutch? <laughs> We're going to get fired. We lost Dutch. Seamus loses Butch. We lose Dutch. What the hell's going on? There he is. Thought he was about to jump the table and start punching somebody. There you go. <laughs> Did you set Probably that not. up? You just forget I'm here. <laughs> I set it up. Oh, okay. I, I, I set everything up. Oh, welcome, man. I, I set everything up except the things I don't set up. And I'll let those just happen. All right. Fair Very enough. Nice. All right. Welcome in. What a start. The Smack Talk. Earlier start time for a second. I thought Dutch forgot. 10.05. Love it. Yep. I love. I like it. Rampage at 7 p.m. Tony Khan. You got to make this permanent. Screw the people on the West Coast. Give me NBA games every time at 9 o'clock, please. I'm a very selfish man, SP3. I don't, you give me that rock eyebrow all the all you damn want. I want Rampage at 7 o'clock you're, you're, every you're week. Ex- I love it. I'm just putting give the eyebrow that. because you're asking the wrong person. You should be asking Warner Media. Give me that eyebrow, Sid. Let me see. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Well, give me the contact info for Warner Media because this needs to this needs to happen every single week. What is going on, Stephen? What is going on, Christopher? What is going on, Marlo and Ricky? And yes, Ozzy Dutch will get to go to bed a little bit earlier tonight, and he's uh, very very happy about that. Heck, I've been working since six a.m. this morning. I'm very very happy about that. We got three good hours pro wrestling tonight to dive into, starting uh, with Rampage. So make sure to get your comments in. Get uh, your questions in for Dutch. If you want to send us a super chat, get make sure you're guaranteed to get your comment on the screen like Ozzy did just there. You can send us a super chat and we will uh, put it up there as well. Don't worry, Chris. We will get there. But let's start. Let's start tonight, ladies and gentlemen, with Rampage. Well, let's get started. We kick off with the Blackpool Combat Club. They get a win over Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. 
SP3, I thought this was a pretty fun opener. Uh, kind of building off of what they've been doing with Wheeler Yuta. He gets the pin. Nice little uh, bridge pin over the much bigger Billy Gunn, who I swear does not age and gets more jacked every single week. But still, this was a, uh, a good win, a solid win for the Combat Club because the Gun Club was undefeated in trios action. So this is a big win for them. Um, um, notch in the bedpost kind of win here. And uh, yeah, Wheeler Yuta continues to uh, his progression here. Yeah, I thought it was good placement having this as the opener for like someone like Dutch that only watches Rampage. It was like the best way to yeah. kind of from the main event last week. This opener was a nice follow up. You got to see William Regal come out with Willie Uta. I like that touch that they did there. Willie Uta's got brand new music. Um, he just seemed more aggressive during the matchup, which showed that he is now, you know, taking the tutelage of Regal, Danielson, and Moxley. Moxley came in for a hot tag the gun club made perfect foils for them i loved austin gun especially he was a great troll mocking the yes chance then then uh yelling hoo at moxley before he did a spear that was just great little touches that he was doing this was a fun opener and a good way to start the show and that crowd was hot to start things off and they were for the full hour they were hot for wheeler yuda that's for dang sure that's your comments, concerns, reactions. Well, that's the way to get him over. They put him in there with guys that were over. So he's over by osmosis. You like that word? Just by being there. And then they let him win, which is another feather in his cap. And the gun club did a great job. And I thought this uh, – and I, I, I like wrestling shows that open with a match, a good match. You okay? You okay, Rick? Did yeah, you I'm see fine. Rick? Oh, yeah, it I was like you were, yes, it's you called were being, a, it looked like you were being tormented there for a second. It's called a sneeze. I, mean, I, well, I just got, I just, I was just worried about your If, if you want, I'll, I'll leave you the know. audio on next time. I'll leave my mic on next time and I'll just sneeze. Oh, right you in. muted it. Yes. Oh, very good thinking. Yeah, that was a good opener for, uh, I'm going to say one thing about both shows. Both companies tonight upped their game. And I'll talk more about that when we get to SmackDown. But uh, this is two good weeks in a row for uh, for Rampage. Really, two yeah. good weeks. And that yeah. hour that hour flew by. That's when you know it's good because when you look up, it says like forty five minutes have gone by. When it seemed really like twenty, fifteen, or twenty, that's when you know it was good because you don't get to sit there and, and nitpick everything to death like you, Rick. And maybe see it. I don't nitpick stuff myself. I just look at it and say, eh, you know, I've seen like 10,000 matches in my time. But a uh, good opening for, for Rampage. Tony Khan has definitely, to your point, Dutch, he has definitely started to put more bigger stakes, right? Bigger stakes in these uh, on these shows. They close out the show with a world title match on Rampage. Okay, that is hopefully what's going to bring some more eyeballs to it. If the There were definitely some people who thought that there was a shot that Adam Cole was going to walk away with the championship. Probably, you know, not if you pay uh, close enough attention to what's been going but, on. But that's what you want. That's what you want. Right. Exactly. And there were as and that match was great and we'll we'll get into it. But yes, Tony Khan has been doing a better job of putting more matches bigger stakes that people are going to be invested in and care more about and tune in. And especially if you're going to continue to have this on at 10 o'clock at night, that's what you got to do. You got to make this show important. So it's a 
appointment but viewing. I don't care what they put on at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, it's just too late. I mean, you could put the greatest stuff in the world and you may, you may pop it one week, but 10 o'clock is late for people to watch a wrestling show. On a Friday because night, we, I, I don't think it's too late on a Friday night, but I just think there's well, a Well, I guess I'm just a liar. I, I guess I'd have <laughs> said that for the hell of it, and here you go and rip it into it. That's my opinion. <laughs> I would, but you, I but you are right. You. you are right. I, I agree with you on like the weekday stuff because like when 10 o'clock hits on Monday Night Raw, oh boy, I'm I'm just I'm just ready. I want to go to sleep. I got to work early in the morning. Friday night, like if I had a life. I, I might go out Friday night and I might not be watching pro wrestling at 10 o'clock well, to be fair to Monday nights. They give you two hours of very boring television a lot of the time. So it's no wonder you feel tired at 10 PM. They don't have a hot crowd. Like we heard for rampage. We don't have an opener like we saw in this show. And even the, the shorter matches in between the opener and the main event were effective for what they needed to accomplish. Other than I have like one nitpick from those two matches. I was going to say, I liked, you know, how they presented butcher tonight. Like, yes, that was perfect. Yes. That's exactly what he needed to do. Exactly what he needed. I love the fact that he had this. I don't even know who it was. I didn't catch the dude's name, but this guy like hits him with a drop kick and he's his all. Name was K- you didn't get his name. No, I didn't it get it. K Fabian was his name. K Fabian. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's from Salem, Massachusetts. I know. Yes. Him. Uh, local talent 104 uh, just got his ass obliterated by the butcher tonight. I love how he hits him with a drop kick and he's celebrating like he just knocked him into the next world. And butcher's just standing there like. Okay, come on, let's get this ass whooping going. And he just took a bunch of shots and then just blew the guy away. That's exactly what they needed to do for the Butcher ahead of his match with Wardlow on Wednesday, in which I think Wardlow will probably do something very similar uh, to the Butcher to make Wardlow look even bigger. This is exactly what they needed to do for the Butcher tonight. And it was it was an entertaining ass-kicking SP3. Yeah, uh, Butcher, this was effective. This is a guy that I, me, myself, and Jimmy Macaram over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, every week we come up with the hashtag push the butcher. So we love to see the butcher be highlighted in this way. He got to look dominant and it sets up for his matchup with Warlow, which is just magical booking because of the whole the whole MJF promos calling Warlow a uh, little piggy and the war pig. And now he's got a goddamn butcher to chop him up on Wednesday. Yeah. That was well, good stuff. Dutch, an old-fashioned with... squash match here, man. Yeah. Well, that's what they need. And I agree with Sid, minus the cursing, because I don't do that. You know, so I, you know, I was raised a God-fearing young man, so I can't do it. But anyway, hey, it was a, that's what they need sometimes. Just put a, a no-name in there and just beat the crap out of them. Butcher's kind of an old school kind of guy, isn't he, Dutch? Oh, yeah. He just beats him up. He's a bruiser Brody type. Not as big and not as rambunctious. But, and if you can see what happens to guys like that is when he tries to wrestle. But he, he, don't, he don't need to wrestle. He needs to stay the same style that got him there. And as long as you stay true to yourself, you're okay. Then if you mess up, now you can go back and pick it apart and you can understand what you did. When you start to trying to do arm drags and leapfrog and hip tosses and all that stuff, it, it doesn't match him at all. Because when you see him, you don't think he's a, he's a mat technician. He's just a kick-ass. Yeah. Because he stays 
As long as he stays in that lane, he's fine. Yeah, and he does a very, very good job at it, and I'm looking forward to him and uh, and Wardlow throwing down on Wednesday. Uh, another match that we're going to get next week, first time ever, first time one-on-one matchup, Dustin Rhodes and CM Punk. Uh, They're in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. yeah. Next week? Okay. Yeah. Sign, sign me the hell up for this one, Sid. This one should be pretty damn good. Man, don't matter how many decades Dustin Rhodes been in this business, there's probably no one better at a babyface promo than Dustin Rhodes. He just gets you fired up, even if you are kind of just overseeing him or you think that the you know you're not into the act too much. No one can get you into invested in something as quick as Dustin Rhodes. I was this was not a match that I thought of as a dream match, but he definitely got me interested and wanting to see it on Wednesday. And Dutch, this is another this is another good match that uh, for for CM Punk because he's going to be able to put another win in his belt as he continues to build toward a, a world title match, which everybody assumes is going to be coming up in the next pay per view. So you're assuming that CM Punk's going to win. I didn't say no. that. I didn't yeah, I'm, 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 I'm assuming he's going to win. He's going to win, Dutch. But what if he didn't? That would no. Wait, what if he wait, were, you, wait, were you asking you me if I was assuming? Hang on, I, no, I got uh, confused for a second. Were you asking if I was assuming he was going to beat Hangman and Page or beat Dustin Rhodes? No, Dustin Rhodes. Oh yeah, he's going to win. Hands down, he's winning. Yeah, he's winning. So you're assuming? That's what I said. You're assuming. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll that's talk what about I said. matches. So I got confused. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm assuming too. But what if he didn't? See, that's that's to me. That's how you. You know, not necessarily in this match, but if you kind of those assumptions, if you can turn them against the fans sometimes, then they don't know. Then they're back in the guessing game, and now anything can happen on any given night. I just don't so, know what the point would be of giving Dustin a win. Well, you're not the booker. I am not. See, the book. The booker may have a reason. For it. May not work, but he may have a reason. For it. Regardless of it, uh, it should be it'll, a, be. it'll be a good match. Yes, yes. I, I think wholeheartedly, regardless of the I'll result. I'll tell you what, I may just run in myself. Oh, there we go. I'd love to see card. It. I'm going to drive to Pittsburgh. You guys are waiting for me here, and I'm in the ring beating the shit out of somebody. CM well, Punk, I guess. Well, swing by Cincinnati. If he, if he did, pick me up. I'll help you out. No, I am not swinging by Cincinnati <laughs> and picking you up. Why don't we just go through New York? Where you live, Sid? New York. Yes, we're just, New York City. And we're just, hell, we just all show up at the same time. Why not? Smack talk. And we'll, we'll do the show live from ringside. Okay. That'd be different. Yeah. That'd be different. That would I'd be the hell up for that. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. But uh, it, uh, that, that is a good matchup. So uh, do, we they do. Have, have, do they have any heat between them at all? Or just no. like a, a classic matchup? Yeah. What's the and it will be. What CM Punk has been doing since uh, Revolution is basically stacking up wins so he can make his case to become the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. He beat the number four ranked Penta uh, this week, so he's probably going to be up in the rankings So another win. And I think that they should kind of just get the ball moving. Like after he gets the victory over Dustin Rhodes, I want to see him 
make the challenge to Hangman Adam Page. Now but, that Page has beaten Cole, he's moved on, he knows who the champion is. Give us a good five week build up to double or nothing with Punk challenging Page this week. But has he beaten Marco Stunt? That's the big question. Well, well Marco doesn't work for the company anymore. So, but, but but when he did, did he beat him? No. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Where did Mister Stunt go? I called him Marco Stuntless. That's what I called him. Why are you why are you picking on poor Marco? Oh, I don't know. He just hey, he was a candidate to face uh, Seth Rollins at uh, at wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> But good uh, interview, good interview by Dustin. Yes. Yeah, it. no, I thought it was good. I thought it was great good. paint job, great paint job too. <laughs> yes, he's one of the best at that as well. Uh, we did have another qualifier for the Owen Hart Ruby Soho uh, defeated Robin Ronne- uh, Renegade. Excuse me, actually, she beat Robin and Charlotte as they tried a little bit of uh, uh, twin magic. It didn't work in the end. Uh, Sid, you said you had a complaint about one of these matches. I'm assuming it's this one. Yeah, I didn't understand I did the, too. Twin, the twin magic. Why would you do twin magic and it doesn't work? Yeah. It beat, she beat both of them. <laughs> really? Like, she did. Yeah, it's true. Like I it mean, was just it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why are we doing this? Is this the right either. time to do this? I mean, unless they're gonna sign them both and you know, you just want to introduce the fact that there's two of them to the audience. Other than that, I I I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make unless I mean it did kind of make Ruby look a little bit better than just beating Robin Renegade. I guess. So, you know, it's cause because all of these matches have basically been these qualifiers have been tryout matches. It's been the women who have been signed beating the women who haven't been signed, basically. That's what all these qualifying matches have been so far, um, uh, for the most part. So not really. No, it's been half and half, basically. It's only been this one and then last week's match with Red Velvet and Willow, Bakarashita versus Julia Hart. Julia Hart oh, works for the Julia company. Hart, yeah. And then uh Tony Storm beating the bunny. The bunny works for the company. So it's kind of yeah. been half and half. It's just the last two weeks five. they've done. Who that. else am I, who else are we missing? There's five of them, right? That have now qualified, yeah. Yeah, uh Jamie Hader beat Sky Blue. Sky Blue works for AEW as well. Okay, was Sky signed? I didn't I didn't Yeah, she signed. Okay. So that that's where I got confused. Okay, so there's a there's a large chunk anyway, but I, d- I didn't like the finish either. Because it actually took away from the win, really, because that was o- overshadowed the win. True. I mean it's it's a little thing, but I just didn't understand it. I would I would save that finish. If they're gonna be two of them, I'd save it. Me and they debuted they de- they de- debuted a twin, which is the gimmick, basically. And they got beat. Both of them got beat. But I would have saved that one. And they were smiling after the match for some reason. Like, oh, we got you. Like, no, you didn't. You lost. Like, why are you smiling? Ruby was smiling because she's like, oh, wait, I just beat two of them. Oh, sweet. I just I just beat two women. Awesome. Um, Ruby didn't even really smile. She was confused. She was like, was there two? Yeah, she went like, okay, okay, I guess I beat two women today. But I'm just happy Ruby Soho is back on television, getting a big win. So she's from she's from Indiana. Yes. Okay. For some for some reason, I had it in my head that she was from. Like the UK, awesome. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's all that. And she loves. I, I do. I think there was like a couple of really good spots in there, like the uh, turnbuckle when she tried to do like the headstand and uh, oh, I like that. Hit her that with was, the super kick. 
Yeah, there was some they they worked well with each other. It was just very confusing. The finish, the finish is where they kind of tried to lose the script a little bit. I I think this was almost like just trying to have fun for this for fun's sake and, you know, not kind of focusing on what really did make a whole lot of sense. Um, Now, we have seen twin magic fail in the past uh, with the Bellas, obviously, you know, they were notorious at pulling that off. Uh, successfully for the longest time and then eventually they started you know uh getting one up done but uh yeah this just seems uh, okay like... let me ask you guys this yes. finish i didn't like it Sid didn't like it you you thought it was convoluted yeah so and you know the talent didn't come up with that finish no no so who came up with that finish their agents uh, Tony Khan or one of one of the uh, people backstage with 30 years of experience because if, if people didn't like it it's, it's the person with 30 years of experience that came I'm, up with yeah. it according to Tony Khan well there was I didn't like it I mean it didn't hurt anything yeah no but no. I don't think it helped anything no. yeah I, it, I mean it, I assumed Soho was going to win see that assumption again Yes, and she, but she won in a way that I didn't expect, which, which was good. I I like the fact that again, like what like what Sid said, it was great to see Ruby back on television. They put up that graphic that she's won ten straight matches, and I'm sitting here going, I don't, I couldn't remember the last time I saw her on television. So she's been racking up those wins on Elevation and Dark, uh, much like Scorpio Sky racking up those wins on. They still count. That's what it's about. They, that's they what, still count. That's legitimately what these these extra shows are all about. And Dutch comes from the days of when WWF used to do that. There would be guys that you wouldn't see them on Monday Night Raw every single week, but they would be racking up wins on WWF superstars for weeks. And that's what kind of AEW is bringing back that archetype with AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. We just need like between this time and January, where was the last time we saw Ruby Soho on Dynamite, uh-huh. we just needed some promo segments, a little vignette, maybe little clips of her wins on AEW Dark. That would have been just, nice. Just a thought, or just a thought, maybe we could actually get more than one women's match. Okay, wait. Let me just. You know, here we go. Maybe we can do that. No, 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 no. That's not the issue. Like, let me just make this clear. I made this clear on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel on AE Ramble. This this is not an issue of how many matches they have. They have 20 women and like 50 guys. They can only do one women's match. Legitimately, that's that's the reason. But they just need to make more efforts on the promos, on the vignettes, on the other things that they're doing. They just throw people out there like Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. You just have a promo segment. You say three lines. The other girl says nothing. And it doesn't stand out. Or they do the cake segment that they did with Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. It's not an issue of how many right. women's matches that they have. It's the effort that they put in to the other segments sure. to feature women. It's not about the matches. I'm sick of that argument. Our argument is so stale. It's oh, get over it. Like it's just, just stop with He's that whole sick argument. Of it, Rick. Just do you can do one women's match, but show more effort in that one women's match. Don't give me one women's match that's three minutes long. Give me one women's match that's eight to fifteen minutes long. Give me the vignettes and promo segments that actually stand out and don't make it in one 15 minute block of dynamite put it in the first hour of the show put it in the second hour of the show sprinkle it all throughout feature your woman in more effort just show more effort in your promos and vignettes you don't need two 
women's matches because you don't have enough talent to to to, to suffice I, I will, that on a week to week basis. I will argue against it that you can. I get what you're saying, but you can still balance it out better because I was at the Cincinnati show where they literally filmed five straight women's matches for dark and elevation. And then we had like between rampage and dynamite that night that they filmed in three hours. We had like two women's segments over that entire three hours. So you can still that, balance things that's out. That's what better. I'm saying. The segments is about the segments is about putting the effort in the segments and sprinkling it throughout the show. Don't make it one 15 minute block in your show. You don't need do that more than lot. one, more than one woman's match. You need the one woman's match to actually matter. That's that's what it's about. Absolutely. Exactly what I thought. Tell him, Sid. <laughs> right, I, guess, I guess you got an ear full of that, Rick, but you won't uh, ask I, again. I sure did. He sure put me in my place. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to the main event uh, of Rampage. Uh, without question, the, the best match of the night. At, look, SmackDown could have been firing on all cylinders. They weren't really going to be uh, beating this one tonight. Adam Page defending his AEW World Championship against Adam Cole, uh, Bay Bay, and uh, this one was pretty much fire from the get-go. Uh, they're going out into the crowd. Hell, Hangman Adam Page comes down and just chucks two two chairs in the ring, and he grabs one, and Cole grabs one, and it was like they're at the OK Corral, like, OK, draw, and let's go. Um, this, this was just a, a fun match, and then it turned into a... Uh, a hard match to watch at times. You could not pay me enough to take a fireman's carry onto a point of two chairs uh, like Adam Cole, Cole did tonight. I don't know why you would do that. Uh, you got it. Well, kind of cat will, that, that will do that. He did that dive off the top rope and got kicked. I oh, mean, the, the moonsault into the super kick. That was, you couldn't get me to jump off the top rope, let alone try to do a somersault with it. I say, are you nuts? And then take a super but, kick on top of it. And then get cut. He actually bled more from the chin than uh, uh, Cole did from the head. Yeah. But that was a hard way. So, but trust me, guys, somebody going to get hurt doing this stuff. They're trying to do too much. And God bless them. But I hope they know exactly what they're doing. It only takes one bump. We have and been you're, seeing you're, that a lot more recently, like dating back to, to WrestleMania, like when um, when Matt Riddle ate the broad kick off of a, uh, a moonsault off the a springboard moonsault off the ropes and he got kind of busted up there a little bit. We've been seeing more and more of this uh, recently. So this is kind of like a newer ish spot, at least, you know, a mainstream wrestling that uh, over the last year or so. But I mean, God dang, when they do it right, though, it looks pretty freaking cool. OK, so what did he did? He did a. A, a forward or a back, a reverse. That was the moonsault, right? So Hangman yeah. did the moonsault off of the top rope, and just the moonsault. Okay. Yeah, but, and then as wow. he was coming down, he got he got drilled with the super kick. But you have to admire Cole and Page because that's has to be perfect, perfect. Yep. Timing. If it's off one tenth of a second, I mean, it could be it could be bad news. And then I, mean, this, I, I used to do that to start every match, you know, just to jump off and they kick me just to get the people up a little bit. Go yeah, sure. You, yeah. You yes. always got to hit your high spot to start off. Uh, the show, uh, start off right off the yeah. bat. Yep. Of course, the match went down from there. So. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's exactly where you wanted to go. Yep. Um, <laughs> Matt, the spot of the match, though, Sid, uh, I guess, perfect for Easter weekend, depending on your. Uh, <laughs> Your position on certain things might offend some people, but Hangman literally putting 
a crown of thorns on top of Hangman Adam, or excuse me, on top of Adam Cole, uh, and then just dropping him straight through the table, the dead eye through the table with a crown of thorns on Easter weekend. On Good Friday. On Good Friday. That, that was perfect. That was a perfect finish as someone who went to church every single day, every single Sunday when he was a kid, went to Catholic school. I popped so much for that spot. That was great. That was greatness. In essence, this was a perfect finish to this matchup. I thought the whole overall matchup was awesome with very innovative spots, great sequences. Those guys just work very well with each other. And the finish like made me think that Cole could win when when yeah. Paige kind of uh you know had some remorse for him unties him from the rope and then Cole hits the low blow how he's won all of his matches pretty much in AEW with that low blow and then uh Paige came back at him and then it looked like he was gonna do the Panama sunrise off the apron into the table but then uh Paige catches him with the barbed wire but the crown of thorns into the dead eye that was just a great awesome finish to this matchup and I thought that this was one of the best matchups in rampage history and adam cole does not lose anything in losing here he's not buried will people yeah, people learn comment section people learn the definition yeah, it was of buried or don't it was, use it just it don't use it it was a count out right yeah perfect finish he didn't he, he didn't no, nobody he didn't lost lose. anything exactly nobody nobody lost anything uh, page stayed where he was and cole made a valiant stand and so you what? say that the crown of thorns because you went to church every Sunday. I'm going to yes. tell you, since I'm a heathen, I didn't even notice it. So <laughs> I just thought I would bring that up. So I, I was going to say, I did see some people who thought it was in poor taste on online. Shocker. Uh, there were some people who thought that, that that was not something they should have done. I enjoyed it. Look, I mean, come on. It's it's wrestling at the end of the day. Let's let's all just calm the hell down here. All right. It was it was great imagery. It was perfect on Good Friday. I I loved it. I knew exactly what they were going for. Oh, I went exactly. to Catholic school every Sunday, you know, till about exactly. eighth grade, and then I, you know, wised up. But anyway, um, so I, I I thought this was a great match. I thought the same thing. I thought it was with the second that hangman decided, nope, I'm not gonna hit him with this barbed wire chair. I thought, oh, damn, are they really about to do this? Are they about to actually put a title flip on Rampage? You want to talk about getting more people to tune in. Had they actually done a world title change on Rampage, that would get more people to tune in because then all of a sudden now they're starting to think, oh, well, damn, anything could happen on Rampage. But the story obviously is moving forward to, to CM Punk. So, again, yes, this doesn't do anything for Adam Cole. This is what, his <laughs> third loss in, in AEW, technically only the second one that counts at this point. Like, yeah, and both of it was to the AEW World Champion. Champion. So, so, and, so CM Punk is working his way to Page. Yes. Okay. Thanks for telling. Because I don't, I'm not even familiar with Page. Because I don't watch. This is like Wizards. your first time. This is your first time. Like really, the first time him, I ever right? saw him. First time I ever saw the twins, and the the butcher. I, I've seen him before. I've never seen him in action. So I saw a lot of guys tonight I've, I've never seen before. So, but it was good. Great show. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, so I they, will they commend really, them on that. 
they've really stacked up like the last three weeks because I think three weeks ago they had that powerhouse Hobbs Keith Lee match in the uh, main event and they had top flight versus the Young Bucks then last week with Willie Uta and John Moxley and then this week you had the Blackpool Combat Club to kick off the show and then a world title match and I loved Mark Henry on Randy the- Randy's a pastor he says see he loved he loved it see. Basically, Randy's, well, t- well, Randy's Randy, telling all of you uh, to stop being Can you being say soft. a prayer for these two heathens above me here at Rick and at Sid? Because they, they need all the help they can get. So. Um, yes, I mean, I do. It's, <laughs> not going to lie. Not going to lie on that one. You got to hear my story about when I went to the Holy Roller Church when I was a kid. Okay. I don't have time to say it now, but uh, <laughs> it's, it, it scared the living crazy crap out of me i'll tell you sometime so i got a question for dutch you think oh, that CM, you think go. that huh? cm punk could beat hangman adam page at the pay-per-view well i don't it's just according to that, that's what you're looking for because you want everybody to think that hey cm's going to take it and now that's when you get sellouts because people are saying what can happen here so they're doing it the right way. See, WWE, when they want to do an angle, they just throw them right together. And you'll see them three or four times before the pay-per-view. By the time the pay-per-view gets there, you don't give a damn what they do. So Paige and CM Punk have never locked up before, right? No. So this will be the first time. So they're going about it the right way. Uh Sid, let me ask you a question. Let's just say, for argument's sake, this is the match that gets set up for double or nothing, and CM Punk wins. How would you rank Hangman's uh, title run based off of the matches they, they they put him in? He's had nothing but bangers in different type of matches. Like he had a Broadway with Brian Danielson in his first defense. Then he had a bl- a bloody war with with Brian on the first Dynamite on TBS. He had that Texas Death Match, which was very unique with the top rope getting cut off. So he had to find a different way to hit the buckshot lariat in that Texas Death Match. Then he had a really like a like a ROH World Title type of you know war of attrition against Adam. Cole at Revolution. He had a nice little sprint against Dante Martin on Dynamite. And then this match was more of like the hardcore kind of like PWG, no rules type of matches. So he's had different type of matches with different opponents. Every one of them has been a banger in its own way. Hangman Adam Page has arguably had the best in-ring AEW world title reign of anyone. And that's saying a lot when you have guys like Kenny Omega and John Moxley who have previously been champions and had great matches themselves. Hangman Page's title title reign stands up to the three previous champions. And and he did this tonight, by the way, in cowboy boots, which is uh <laughs> pretty damn uh impressive. Uh I would have said maybe something along the same lines, but I think it's still gonna be a while before Omega's back because he's only he's already had like three surgeries and he still has to have like two or three more. Yeah. Uh, what's the matter? What's wrong with him? Everything? everything was wrong. Literally, like everything was wrong. Like this man was like putting on bangers with like two bum shoulders, a hernia. And like six, six and he, he had vertigo, uh, Dutch. He had vertigo Ooh. during during his uh title reign and like a bad neck, bad shoulder. He was basically held on by scotch tape and bubblegum for yeah, the that, last half that, of his title reign. That vertigo is really, really it's bad. Yeah. 
I think the only issue with Hangman Adam Page's odd title run, it hasn't been anything that he's done. It's just been AEW in general this year. These haven't made their champions feel important, whether it be Thunder Rosa since she's won the Women's Championship or Jurassic Express where they feel like the fourth or fifth most important tag team in this whole company. Uh, you, you got Scorpio Sky since he's won the title. The title has been used to set up other people's feuds or he has a goal away feud with with uh sammy guevara and then hangman adam page on the weeks there's just certain weeks where he just seems like he's like a third or fourth most important character too but whenever he's in the ring he delivers so hangman adam page has delivered a great title ring it just aew hasn't provided him with a great title ring yeah what i like what i like about aew let me just say this rick yeah is that they, they masquerade their baby faces at heels because they can interchange without changing their character. CM Punk's supposedly a baby face, right? But, but Paige is too. But yet people are looking forward to that match. And Danielson, he's, I, I think he's on, on the verge of switching. But I like the way they can do that. You can take two baby faces and put them together and have a hell of a match and people will look forward to it. Heck, so that's done. what I what I think they've done a great job at. Yeah, heck, they did. Uh, they did a complete switch one week when uh, they were in what was it, Long Island for for MJF, where he was the he was feuding with CM Punk, and CM Punk was the heel that night, and MJF was the the hometown hero, and it was amazing to me to see MJF get actually like standing ovation, cheered for, and CM Punk was having the time of his life getting booed out of the building because I think he's he might be over the the. Uh, the honeymoon phase here a little bit. I think he wants to play that heel role, but people still freaking love the guy. He still gets one of the biggest pops of anybody on every single week of Dynamite. And that's why I like the kind of the characters going against each other of Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk, where CM Punk can play more of the role that he played against Eddie Kingston going into full gear, where he's still a babyface, but he's kind of talking down to his opponent. Like with Eddie Kingston, he was like, you had all the potential in the world, but you were a bum and you never, you never met all the potential that you had. And with hangman adam page he can show respect and say you know you've had a good run with the aew world championship but you needed a bottle in your hand to get there i didn't need that i'm better than you speaking of, that, speaking of bottles by the way uh would, would you guys pay eight dollars for a beer and i'm just rough rough shotting this eight dollars for a beer just to hand it to somebody else and have them drink it i don't care if it's hangman adam page or not I'm, i ain't handing that beer I paid $8. There are some people who don't make $8 for an hour of work. You just handed that off to Hangman Adam Page? Go get your own damn beer. I'm sorry. I don't know why that just stuck in my mind. Like, I'm like, what the hell would I what the, what the hell is he talking about? You need to, really, you need to put that pipe down. Forget You don't the remember that? Never mind. All right, whatever. Dutch, let me ask you a question because we've, we we we, we, analyzed the, we analyzed the CM Punk honeymoon phase, which seems yes, to be the ending. Cody Rhodes is in his own honeymoon phase right now where he is getting absolutely insane baby face level pops. And one of my friends asked me this question uh, this week, and I really didn't have an answer for him. So I'll ask you because you you had your concerns about Cody Rhodes. Uh, he asked me, when do you think the honeymoon phase will be over for Cody Rhodes? And I'm, I don't know if it's going to end really anytime soon. Again, depending on WWE's booking, which is always very difficult to uh 
to predict. That's the, that's the key to it. They had him come over, and thus far they pushed him. Give him a nine-minute interview segment <clears throat> that he talked about Dusty, and then this week he he had the match with who was it? Uh, the Miz. Yep. And then he he did the show, so he's getting a lot of airtime. And if he continues that, he'll be fine. But yet the verdict's still out on it. We don't know if he's really. And I don't. I don't think the WWE really even cares about drawing with him that much. They don't. They could draw almost zero at the shows and still make money. I mean, they they'll do okay. They but definitely want, put him to the I, test I, on Raw. Yeah, I, I want this guy to. It, it shows people that they can get somebody over if they concentrate on getting him over. Because right. his work is, you know, his work is not as good as some in that company but you know it's it's not the work it's the it's the reaction it's the chemistry that he's trying to get with the fans so and i hope he gets there but if, if wwe but the, the test is still going on if, if wwe shows you that they think somebody or something matters it's easier for the audience to get invested in and that's why, and that's why, yes, and that's why Cody Rhodes comes wow. in and says, "Look, I'm here to win the WWE Championship," and they presented him like a big fucking deal, and now he is a big damn deal uh, in WWE. Even though internally on the rundown sheets, he's still listed as the number two babyface behind Bobby Lashley, which is a little uh, confusing um, to me. To be completely honest, they might want to think about flipping uh those two things uh steven had a good question up here i want to pull this up sid any guesses on what tony khan's latest huge announcement is going to be next week well super j uh <clears throat> podcast uh kind of spoiled it today where they said that it might be that they're doing a june 23rd event uh in chicago of a super show with new japan pro wrestling and aew oh. which I'm all for. I was already planning to go to Chicago for all out in September, but that's close to my wifey's uh, birthday. So might make the trip earlier and go to that one instead. Uh, Dale asking, uh, will you guys be on tomorrow night after the show on TNT? Uh, I, we collectively will not be. I'm not sure if. Uh, yeah, they won't uh, let me do it. They push me out on those days. <laughs> I'm not sure if Kevin or Jose uh, will uh, be doing that. And if anybody from SK is in the chat here knows the answer to that question, uh, please hit it up uh, in there and we'll try to let the, the fine folks know. But the three of us collectively, no, we will not be on tomorrow night after Battle of the Belts uh, 2, which, by the way, I did see a spoiler uh, for that show. So y'all are going to want to make sure that you tune in for that. Uh, before we get into uh, what happened on SmackDown tonight, I want to talk about something that happened on uh, the pre-show for SmackDown tonight, the dark match, which featured Mace. Um Okay, no big deal there, right? It's Mace. Like, he's been on main event. He's been doing dark matches, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, well, they, they dressed uh, Mace up a little bit, and they, they gave him a manager. Manager by the name of L.A. Knight. No. God dang it. Sid, we've talked about this guy as, like, a guy they needed to bring up to SmackDown to be one of their top baby faces because this guy is good in the ring, looks great, cuts a fantastic promo, 
knows how to get over with the the audience. This is a guy who could fill a need that they drastically have on the roster. And he's managing Mace? Managing Mace? Who is Mace? Who's that guy? (laughs) Exactly. Mace was one of the retribution members. Uh, the, the big tall guy with the dreads that, that was Mace. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So we got LA Knight. Yeah. Sid, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, LA Knight could be a very good baby face for this company <laughs> and this brand. So, I mean, this kind of tells you what this company is about. I mean, I had somebody on Twitter today try to tell me that LA Knight was too old to be a star for WWE. And I'm like, he's 39. I mean, yeah, that that's a little up there. But Bobby Lashley was WWE champion this year. He's 45. Okay. Damian Priest is considered one of the young up and comers in on the Raw brand. He's the same age as LA Knight. So it I I don't think it could possibly be the age thing here Dutch how old is Cody 38 uh, 34, 34 30. he's 36 36 36 well we split it we I was about to say we split it yeah but now years ago WWE wouldn't touch anybody <clears throat> if they were over 30 they just wouldn't do it so they would <clears throat> if you were under 30 they consider you if you were over 30 and this is what happened to WWE they, <clears throat> before they ran all the territories out of business. They had already their developmental system in place. But when they ran them all out, now they didn't know where they were going to get the talent. Thus, they had to start their own training facility. Which I think, and now I hear that they don't want anybody, <clears throat> and maybe I'm wrong, but they want actors and performers and but they don't want wrestlers but they just signed two olympians didn't they yeah so it's it's i i think i i think what it is is like they they want to look for talent that are elsewhere that they can grow into being wwe superstars right which is and they want them to branch out from wrestling into the other fields correct i mean is that what i'm what i'm assuming no, I think I think they're just looking for talent in anywhere. They're not just solely focused on the the indie scene and bringing in great professional wrestlers. They want to bring in people that they think that they can mold into stars, people that they have from other areas that they have successfully turned into big stars in WWE. Big E came from the football field. Roman Reigns, yes, obviously he's in that family, but he came from the football field. Uh, Kurt Angle came from uh, Olympic wrestling, and that's what they're hoping to do with Gable Steveson. There is a, a long lineage of of talented superstars in WWE who did not come from directly the, the indie scene, that they were homegrown in WWE, and I think that's just what they're focusing on. They're looking for... Uh, a special talent or a special attraction or a special athlete or somebody who's got maybe got that it factor uh and then saying okay that is the most elusive the the most elusive thing to have is it right so nobody can describe it what's the meaning of it well we don't know but we know it when we see when we see it yes and and of course that only applies to one guy is Vince. He sees it. 
you know, you may be cross-eyed and bald-headed, but if he saw it, they'd try to push you as a star. And, and he hates he hates to be wrong because he picked Roman Reigns, what, three or four years ago? Six. <laughs> I mean, well, the, I, the, I'm the, saying the I'm, Shield I'm, is I'm, 10 years old this year. And he, he picked him actually eight years ago. Well, but look how much the crowds fought Roman all this time. Yeah. But he pushed. I'll say one thing for him. He's got patience. And he pushed and he pushed and he pushed. And finally, they had to nip and tuck here and there, but they got him where they wanted him to be. Sometimes, so he's there now. Sometimes people will leave and then come back, and Vince will still be proven right. And that's what happened with Drew McIntyre. Like, he want. That's that's why I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Vince calling Austin Theory a future world champion at WrestleMania, and a lot of people glossed over that. I'm like, that's that's kind of a big damn deal. If he's sitting mm -hmm. there saying, excuse me, Mr. Theory now, not Austin Theory, but Theory. Theory, theory does have it. Yeah, uh, they're saying that Vince called him a future WWE Universal Champion. I'm like, that's kind of a big fucking deal. So, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously they got some high plans uh, for, for Mr. Theory, even though they uh, they stole uh, his first name. All right, so let's dive into uh, SmackDown tonight. Kicks off like Monday Night Raw usually kicks off with uh, with RK, bro. Crowd is hot for Randy Orton, hot for Riddle. Of course, they are the most over uh, overact on Monday nights, and they carried that right on over here onto Friday night. Uh, them and the Usos, they basically yelled at each other for 10 minutes, but it was passionate. It was passionate promos. It was good. Yeah, they were, they were good. They had my attention. They didn't really say much, uh, but what they said was good. Uh, I had like, had my attention. It was an entertaining, entertaining segment. And then Orton says, yeah, we did all of this to say, yeah, we accept your unification challenge. And that's what we're going to get at uh, WrestleMania backlash. And honestly, this might be the main event. Uh, at WrestleMania Backlash, if if Roman Reigns ain't de uh, defending a title, we didn't see Roman Reigns tonight. We sure didn't, didn't see him. We saw we the didn't. name. Yes, we saw the name. We saw the name. He Which, was allegedly you, in the building. <clears throat> when you saw the name, you said, "Okay, he's coming up." And they they never said that. Nope. But you saw the name. They're going in there and they're going to talk to Roman. So you naturally naturally assume, oh, we're going to see him later. And then all of a sudden, the show's over and he didn't come out. But no follow up to the Nakamura but, segment last week either. And nope. And that didn't hurt anything. I didn't understand that Nakamura segment. Anyway, we talked about that last week. Yeah, so yeah. we beat that to death. Yeah. Much like Nakamura got beat to death, apparently. Uh, uh, good. I good. Mean, wouldn't have made sense to have Nakamura win on this show, at least. Even if Roman wasn't on the show, I would have put Nakamura on the show to they, get a win. They're excising him for a while, I think. We may not see him for three months. We may not really? see Roman for three months. He said he was done. <laughs> he said, I who, ain't got nothing to do. Who was that? Roman. He said, my work here is done. This is all about the Usos now. We're going to go get as much much gold could, in the bloodline as possible. Could be. But they didn't come out and say that. But as long as they can get by with that, they will. Yeah. But I thought the show, to me, WWE on the, t tonight on SmackDown, was a to me a totally different presentation. It looked like they kicked it in high gear. They had some things on on here. At least you had some different talent. It's not the same talent over and over and over again. Of course, we're only two weeks into the new season. Yeah, they made and I like the interchange between Raw and SmackDown, and because 
who else is going between? Uh, you got Orton and uh, you got RKO or whatever their names are. RK okay, bro. bro. Okay, bro. They're going back and forth. And who else is going back and forth? The Usos. Okay. But those are your two main deals, I think, right now. Yeah. And- so they're helping each other. And at least I don't think uh, they've improved their bench. You know, we talk so much about they have no bench. But now Raw can give them a boost. I don't know how long this will continue, but it helped tonight. It, it really did. Yeah, and, and with the them actually focusing on the women's tag team championships as well with their two top teams right now, they've been going back and forth uh, between each show, and we saw Rhea Ripley uh, show up tonight. I kind of like that too because usually it's only supposed to be the champions that are going – you know, back and forth to one direction, but I didn't have a problem with Rhea Ripley being on the show tonight uh, uh, against her match with Naomi, uh, especially since that match was freaking awesome uh, tonight. Yeah, it was a good match between Rhea and Naomi was great. They were really, really hot for it. I love the build up to the riptide where Naomi just kept like challenging a little bit. And then finally Rhea uh, caught her and beat her and pinned her. And then the look on Sasha's face after Rhea beat Naomi tonight, just told the entire damn story of, oh, damn, we might be screwed on Monday if, yes. if Rhea Ripley gets let loose here, which is also part of the story because if Liv and Rhea lose on Monday, you know whose damn fault it's going to be. It's going to be Liv Morgan's fault, and that might lead toward that final break and split, Sid, that they have been teasing for, uh, well, since right after WrestleMania. So how long have they been together? Not long at all. None of these teams have been together. They've been together. Both of these teams have been together for what? A month, two months, max? Which is what you're saying is a split between those two, which would be, it'd be okay, I guess. But the longer they go without that split, the better off they'll be. I hope there's not a split right now because I like that team. I, I do too. I think both of these teams right now, are enough that you can build off of a divi- uh, build a division off of. You got two strong foundational pieces in these two teams. I rolled my eyes initially with Liv and Rhea because I'm like, Jesus, they were both just in like other makeshift tag teams like two weeks ago, and now you're shoehorning them together. But they got lucky. They got lucky because this team works and they have really Ke- good chemistry with one another. Yeah, chemistry. That's what it is. They got good chemistry. Hey, that Rhea Ripley, I really like her. One, I like two interviews tonight. One was uh, Natalia after the the, uh, the Evans interview, yeah. you know, the girl. And But then all of a sudden that other girl stood up. The, what's her name, Rodriguez? Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, she's, what, 6'3", whatever she is. And that was a great, great interview. And But the one I like, Lucy Evans, is that her name? Lacey. Lacey Evans. Yes. She's telling that life story and it's getting over because she is feeling that story when she's telling it. And you can tell that. And right when she finished, you know, you know, Natalia was busting into it and I'm saying, no, don't, don't, this is too soon. Don't, don't do that. But they surprised me. They spun it off to the Rodriguez girl standing up and played it off which was very, very good. I, I enjoyed that a lot because, you know, we've knocked SmackDown so much, but tonight was a totally different presentation. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed the Lacey Evans promo. I just want them to cut out the emotional music. It, 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 her story doesn't yeah. need that. It doesn't need – her story is emotional enough. And you know, I don't delivery, even – I, did, I didn't even notice – I didn't even notice the music because I, I was – 
I concentrated. did because, because last week was better because the music wasn't so loud. It, I think they had music last week, but it just wasn't as loud and as noticeable as it was this week. They just need to tone that down because Lacey is delivering what, what she's what she has to say because you could tell the story is real because of her emotion and her delivery of it. Well, she's getting over with it because she's telling, and I said this last week, she's telling a story that people can identify with. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're buying that and they have no need. Hell, it could all be made up. I don't think it is, but if it is, they're still buying it because they have no way of knowing, see whether it's true or not. I, I do believe it's true because I've heard, stories about her before and um, i'm proud for her yeah i mean and look if this was if they're trying to get lacy over nothing that she has done in any of her previous runs is enough to get her over there's nothing to build off of there so this was the best way to go and i will always be an advocate for performers you know whether they are a character or not just giving us a little bit of who they actually are because that's what the audience is going to connect with. And this is pretty much all of who Lacey Evans is. And if they're trying to completely rehab her, which it certainly looks like that's what they're doing. Yeah. This is the best way to go period flat out. And yeah, Natalia doing her heel gimmick based off of what we saw her do uh, on NXT this past Wednesday when she attacked Cora Jade, I was actually happy to see Natalia there because that means Natalia and, and, Shayna are still together because they're the third of three women's tag teams that they have right now. So I was afraid Natalia being on NXT meant that they had split them up. So thankfully that question was answered, but uh, I would like to see more Sid out of Raquel Rodriguez, because so far all we've seen her do is stand there and smile. And I'm like, that's not who Raquel Rodriguez is. That's not how she got over. That's not how she's going to get over here. We need to see her like, okay, that was cool because you got to see the visual of how tall she is compared to Natalia. But I feel like there's more effective ways to present her than what's been done the past two weeks. This is okay for starters, but it doesn't give me a lot of optimism on where they're going with Raquel Rodriguez on SmackDown. You got to have faith, guys. Faith. <laughs> the Apostle let, Paul says the faith let it play out. just Sid, let it play out. by faith alone. Let it play out, Sid. Let it, let play, it play out. Up. I see a lot of people who are bringing up uh, a man that we have not talked about very much on this show because we haven't had a reason to talk about him very much on this show. That would be Mr. Drew Gulak, uh, who was uh, presented great segment. Tonight. Great, great segment. As a backstage interviewer, auditioning for a backstage interviewer role, and I personally thought the MVP, as good as Drew Drew Gulak did in this role, I thought the MVP of these little segments was Pat McAfee, kind of like cheering him on, like going, "Go, Drew, you're gonna win a Pulitzer. This, this is great." Pat McAfee again, an MVP of SmackDown tonight. Um, I thought his first backstage interview was was okay. It was fine. But it was the segment with Charlotte that's going to get everybody talking. And, of course, that ends with Drew Gulag tapping out to the figure four slash figure eight. Um, I don't blame Drew Gulag there. I have been in a figure four. I know how much that actually hurts, especially if you have larger legs like I do. Uh, that thing hurts like a son of a bitch. I would have done the exact same thing in that situation. So I'm not taking anything away from Drew Gulag. 
But there are the the smart fans out there who know how good he is in the ring, how brutal he is in the ring, SP3. And uh, there are some upset fans with what they uh, what they had decided to do uh, with Drew Gulak on this show tonight. I mean, this is another incident like L.A. Knight being the manager for Mace, where you have one of the best wrestlers, one of the guys that can deliver in the ring, who does have a personality, despite the like kind of the the stigma that he came into the company with. He's shown that he has charisma. He could play a character very well. And they just make him a backstage interviewer and make him founder for Charlotte Flair to get over. I think he did very well in his role today. And if he's going to be used in this capacity, it's better for him to be used and not be used at the end of the day. I'll take what I can get here. But it really just tells you what the company's looking for here. They're not looking for a guy who is a very good wrestler and one of the best wrestlers on their roster to be an actual wrestler. They want him to be a backstage interviewer, backstage reporter he did very well in the charlotte flair segment he made charlotte flair look like an absolute beast the crowd was into that segment as well he got the crowd to chant you tapped out so it was very effective for tonight but it's kind of disappointing for people who know how talented drew gelak is dutch you said you loved it well talented or not uh the decision has been made that maybe he's not the talent won't draw the money they, that they want him to or draw the fans. If I was Drew Gulak, I would take what they gave me. That's a lot of exposure he's getting. And once he's, if he's, all he wants to be is on that show every week, then they can do something with him. Maybe he's not beating his body to death and he can go the, the announcer route. So, and I, I'd never heard him. I don't even know where they came up with this idea. Was he was he an announcer before? Or had any announcing no. experience at all? No. I thought he. I, I, to me, I love the angle. Because it is totally, totally different. They introduced Drew Gulak, Gulak, whatever his name is, as not only a wrestler, but he's auditioning for an announcer's job, which was good. And the angle with with uh, Charlotte Flair, I've never, I've never even, I, I would never even think of that. But they thought out of the box, and it, and it may be a one-time thing. It may be, I don't know. He may do it for. I'm interested in. Is all I can say right now. I'm interested in where he goes from here. Yeah, look, if if he's on TV, that's that's the most important thing because you never know where that could lead, and it's better than what he has been doing, which is the last time we saw sitting and catering. I think the last time we saw Drew Gulag on TV, he was talking with Shotzi Blackheart backstage. And for like a half second, I'm like, oh, this could be something interesting. And then, no, they were basically just background as the camera panned towards what was actually going to be the focus of the segment. And I'm like, but I kind of want to know what Drew and Shotzi were talking about because we haven't seen them in weeks. Can we get caught up with them? That's the last time we saw Drew Gulag on TV. So tell me something about the guy. Where's he from? And well, said you know more of him. I, I know more of him like on 205 Live and, and, and the PowerPoint guy, but this but Drew's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's from I believe he's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He started off in uh 
in Evolve. He was a part of uh, Catchpoint Stable with Malcolm Bivens, as well as Matt Riddle. He was kind of Matt Riddle's like mentor and trainer when he was in Evolve and just starting out in the wrestling business. And oh yeah, like Rick said, he was on 205 Live. He's a former Cruiserweight champion. He got over using like PowerPoint presentation, playing like a more like geeky, nerdy character. So he's shown that he's very funny. He's very charismatic. He can play a good character. He's a hell of a worker in the ring which last time which are which an announcer needs yeah the last time he was really the last time he was really like used in a wrestling capacity was when they kind of were teasing that he was going to start like this partnership with uh uh, daniel bryan in early like 2020 they had a great match at elimination chamber 2020 and then he became like the protege of daniel bryan for a while but that didn't last very long they ended that by like the summer of that same year and he hasn't been used in a wrestling capacity since so who knows where this is going to lead the fact is he's on television this will probably maybe be the most watched segment on youtube you know drew gulag on tv charlotte flair typing out drew gulag i guarantee you that's going to be one of the top uh watch segments uh on youtube this week from friday night smackdown uh so we'll we'll see where it goes again it's not what everybody wants but, but it's better than not being on tv at all but let me say this I, when I watched that segment, I thought it was going to be a straight interview, but it turned out that totally different. Yeah. So they surprised me, which is, I think, one of the great things about watching wrestling is you, you can't guess everything. Think of SmackDown a month ago. You could predict everything. You could almost predict who was going to be on the show and in what order almost. Yeah. But when they, when we had, uh, Flair being interviewed by Gulak, the finish, putting him in the, I never expected that. Yeah. Which uh, I thought it, it was one of the most creative segments they've done. Yeah. Even when, because uh, about 20 to 30 minutes before every show, Sean Ross at Fightful.com will release the plans, the eternal rundown sheet that he has been given uh, for SmackDown. And even he wrote in his notes, uh, Charlotte Flair promo segment featuring Drew Gulak for some reason. <laughs> And no idea why the hell uh, Drew Gulak was was even there. So, uh, and then it, obviously it made a little bit more sense with the uh, the backstage interviewer segment. And, and at least they actually like let Drew lag. Like it wasn't like the hard hitting questions like he made it out to be, but at least he let him ask real freaking questions, which they don't let a lot of their backstage interviewers uh, do. So, uh, but see, that- I, I I miss the announcer in the middle of the ring interviewing a guy or interviewing two guys. See, what I never understood about WWE or WWF when I had those two guys go head-to-head, they they want to kill each other, but yet they can stand in front of each other and have a have a discussion. They don't even have the announcer as the barrier, nothing. So, And I don't think Vince likes that for some reason. I always thought it was good. I like that. AEW does it quite often with with Tony Schiavone uh, and he does a great job of that and then Mark Mark Henry with his uh you know virtual it's time he's getting over the main that. event yes the, I'm the surprised. best catchphrase in the business do they have shirts out yet over that do they have shirts out yet for Mark Henry because they really should at this point yes I, time I, I wanna I want like one of those old like Steve Urkel dolls but Mark Henry and then you pull the string and he says it's time <laughs> for the main event uh, speaking of uh, main event, let's talk about main event Madcap Moss. 
he defeated uh, Umberto Carrillo in a uh, you know, pretty easy squash match. Got a pretty decent pop from the crowd. But said, I know you and I are on the same page. Can we get him out of the damn short shorts and suspenders? Like, what in God's green earth are we doing here with him still dressing up like a damn Ken doll on Barbie beach break? Like, what the hell are we doing? I, I don't understand how he has this whole new character and he's still in the sup- suspenders and shorts. I mean, he's not going for the corny jokes anymore, but you need to switch the look up for really the people to get invested because those people, when he first came out, sat on their hands while he, while he came out, they, they had to highlight one guy doing the flex for him during his entrance. And I think, I think they said during the commercial break, he played to the crowd and got the crowd behind him. So when they came back and they actually did the match, the crowd was responding to him, but they need to switch up the look and make him different from what he was previously. Factual, Ricky. Factual. Uh, look, it's dangerous. Look, just from a button, they look stupid, but it's dangerous to have suspenders in the damn ring because they never, ever stay on the damn pants. And then you got flying hunks of metal yep. while you're trying to wrestle. That's not safe. It's not smart. Stop it. And not only do they have Madcap wearing suspenders, they got Bush wearing suspenders. What are we doing with the damn suspenders they do not belong in a wrestling ring dutch well you're right they don't because they they're not going to stay in place and they'll dangle and they'll fly and when it hits somebody now it could seriously damage somebody's eye or even your own for that matter that's why guys when they have boots you never see shoelaces out or boot laces out they tuck them in expressly for that reason, I was told that my first week in the wrestling business, because nobody told me to tuck them to old timer combine. He said, "Kid, tuck your laces." And I was going, oh, "Okay." I would probably jumped out the window if they told me, but he <laughs> said, and then he said, "You know why we tuck our laces?" And I says, "No." <laughs> and he said, "For exactly that reason, because they'll hit somebody in the eye and they'll damage the eye." So I've always remembered that. And so if you want to see a guy that's really green or an independent show, his laces are out, he's very, very green. Just like in football, laces out, that's a bad... No, wait, actually, it's good in football. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so Madcap gets a win here. They're clearly trying to get him over, and that's a good thing. If you were right, Sid, if he, if he was able to get the crowd in his favor during the commercial break and fire him up and everything like that, and then he'd come back and work... That's a good trait to have. If, they, if a guy can just make people care uh, in the matter of, uh, of a few minutes there. But, yeah, man, they're not doing him any favors by still calling him madcap. They're not doing him any favors by keeping him in the damn short shorts and the suspenders. Even though I laughed when he basically, like, pointed his ass towards the camera and said, Los Lotharios can kiss this. That was actually funny. Like, that, that was, was like good. the first that was time good. that Madcap Moss has actually been genuinely funny and gotten more than just a chuckle out of me. Um, so I'm, he's got potential. That's because you've got that gutter humor. I do. That's accurate. That is, that is very, very accurate. Yes. I'm the, that's what did not make me. It did not make me laugh. I'll be honest. Yeah. I got the same little chuckle that I've gotten for like at least three of his jokes. You didn't think it was funny, Sid? I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't either. It was funny. It was just a, it was just a chuckle. Like, ha, okay. Yeah, I agree with Sid. It wasn't funny. 
No, but I laughed at it. It's kind of kind of <laughs> cute. Uh, so we'll see what happens next week. I would maybe maybe they didn't want to do it abruptly, but let's let's slowly start to phase out Mad Cat Moss uh, and get back to uh, being uh, Riddick Moss and and give him an actual like character that doesn't suck uh we got another match between drew mcintyre and Sami Zayn, and apparently uh it's only the second one in a series of three maybe even more because all this did was uh lead to a lumberjack match next week but i actually like this because this was sammy playing comedy and trying to run away but still actually putting in good wrestling moves and, and good wrestling when we did have them um I don't know. I thought this was fun. Sammy can make anything work, but I, I can understand if people are like, look, we just saw the same damn thing last week. And I know, Sid, that's exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I, I turned on last week's show, honestly, because it was the same exact well, finish. The first hour of SmackDown, it was a better show overall. The first hour was great. Till you got to the intermission then with the Charlotte thing, and then it kind of went downhill. Agreed. But better overall than what it usually is. I'll say that. At least I could watch it. Well, maybe we'll get a uh, a, a definitive ending next week, but I have a feeling Sammy will find some way to get out of there, even with all the Lumberjacks there, because usually more often than not, the Lumberjacks end up fighting everybody, fighting each other anyway, and I'm sure Sammy will dip out and we'll, we'll end up with a cage match uh, at WrestleMania Backlash or, or something like this. But it, it's I, to me, it's kind of clear that they're just kind of like, kicking these two dudes down the road here just keeping them on tv have a blow do that. match until they can figure out what they want to do after wrestlemania backlash well it's not what to figure they're figuring out what to do they don't have anybody to put mcintyre with i think unless they bring somebody over from raw and let him start going back and forth too I mean, I think they're just. I waiting. think they should have. They should have an all-star TV crew. That's all they need to have. Then they'll be fine. So would that mean you are a proponent for ending the brand split at this point? Well, not necessarily, but I think you know they could go back and forth, and, and they don't. They don't have to explain it. They don't explain nothing else. Just yeah. have them go back and forth. And that's why I'm fine for for unifying some championships and having you know guys be able to bounce around from both shows and then have the challengers that they're going with maybe kind of bounce around for both shows if the champions on the opposite, uh, if their host show is opposite from the one their challenger is on. I think that's fine. And yeah, it kind of freshens things up a little bit. And we did see some fresh faces on, uh, on SmackDown tonight. Uh, we did see uh gender Mahal uh, wrestle on SmackDown for the first time in a long time. Sid, there were a lot of people who were concerned uh, that gender Mahal might uh, come out of nowhere and win the intercontinental championship. But Ricochet, uh, with one damn fine-looking shooting star press, did beat uh, Jinder Mahal tonight. Cole put him over big time uh, on commentary. Maybe they're finally starting to book him like that number two babyface that he's been rumored to be for the last few weeks. Maybe, finally, possibly, kind of, sort of. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. One victory over Jinder Mahal is not going to erase <laughs> the fact that he's lost three non-title <laughs> matches. He's lost three non-title matches since he's won the title. We need this consistently week to week. But this was a good start. If it's the start of something, it was a pretty good matchup, a really good showcase for Ricochet. He got to do the dive to the outside on Shanky and Jinder, and then that beautiful shooting star press with Michael Cole throwing some shade at Billy K. 
Kidman saying that Billy Kidman could never get the height that uh, Ricochet gets. He's true, but it was petty. That was very petty, Michael. Well, Billy was probably in the gorilla position listening to that. Probably. Well, maybe he told him to say it, <laughs> you know, so uh, it is what it is. I loved Ricochet using the shooting star press tonight. I thought everything. You know great. what I didn't like tonight, though? I didn't like uh, Ricochet's interview for some reason. I just don't. It just didn't click with me. He's never been the best. Yeah. Talker, but they don't really give him a whole lot to work with either uh i i i kind of missed a, a large chunk of what he said what what did he say tonight I, I i caught the tail end of that it's just generic and th that's been the issue with him but it's like they give him generic stuff to say his in-ring stuff is flawless it's almost too flawless do you know what i mean nobody is i mean if it's anywhere close to a shoot you wouldn't be hitting hitting those things, but I mean, it is beautiful to watch. It's an art form is what it is. But his interviews, I don't know who's writing it, but he's delivering it, but he's much better in the ring than he is trying to do an interview. Let me say that. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we put um, LA Knight with Ricochet? You're going to have him manage somebody. Uh, be good. Be, it would be good. You're going to have him manage somebody. Ricochet would get over better if he never opened his mouth. <clears throat> I would like to find out more of who the heck Ricochet actually is. Like, again, letting us see a little bit of the actual, of their actual personalities. Maybe he, he doesn't from? have that much of a personality, but I don't know because they don't let him showcase it. Uh, Where's he all. from, Sid? Uh, Ricochet, I'm not too sure off the top of my head where Ricochet is from. Um, yeah, I can't even, I thought, can't he's even from, I thought he was from New York or somewhere. No, no, uh, let's no. see. He was born in Alton, Illinois. He is currently living in Paducah, Kentucky. Good I'm God, he's got a story there. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Please get me out of here. He moved from small town Illinois to even smaller town Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh my God! But he's on the river. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, I think he just likes. Uh, I think he just likes living uh, in solitude. Uh, apparently, uh, frantic asking, "Where is Finn Balor?" Uh, Finn Balor will be losing the United States Championship to Mister Theory on Monday. That's exactly where uh, where Finn Balor uh, is is currently uh, going to be uh, residing. Uh, one last segment to talk about tonight. And uh, Sid, I saved this for last because I, I I know you got some issues with it. We we got more of uh, Scrappy Doo Butch. Uh, <laughs> I love Pete Dunn. You love Pete Dunn. We all love Pete Dunn. Bell to Bell, he's still great, and that's what we saw in his match with Xavier Woods, even though he lost that first match. But they're taking this a little bit too far right like with the like we lost dutch at the beginning of the show ridge holland just tapping sheamus on the back like hey we 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 lost butch like he's like like he's that kid who got away at the cincinnati zoo and and that's how well, he had just, ended up dying I, I like, saw that's, that. That. he had just walked off I how could you lose somebody in 10 seconds? Well, because he's so small, Dutch. He's a child. I guess. He, I he's guess. so small. He's a child. You turn around and he's gone. That's what they're treating. Last week, they they picked him up and they put him on the dang top of the turnbuckle and he pouted and they're like pointing the finger at him. It's like, 
why is Butch Ridge and Sheamus's love child all of a sudden? And why is he six years old? I don't, I don't understand what they're going for here because this is not helping him at all. There was a lot of choices on this show when it regards Butch. They first referred to him as the Rabbit Wolverine, which was the nickname for uh, Redacted Benoit. Um, then they they basically treated him like a child with the saying that he was pouting last week. And then you you lost him. Like Gus said, he turned around, he turns back. He lost the child. How do you lose a child? <clears throat> Like I have two of them. How do you lose a child when you're out in the in the mall? Like they get lost, they just run off looking for some toys or something, and he just ran off to go I, assault I, somebody. I, I can attest when you turn your back for two seconds, they do disappear once they get to three or four oh, years old. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. a child. It's this is not a grown man. A grown man, do, you don't do that with a grown man. But this is they're treating him like a damn child. It's ridiculous. This is a form. This is a guy that held the NXT UK Championship for what 600 something days. Like yeah. he was one of the most prolific and decorated champions in NXT history. Former NXT Tag Team Champion, bell to bell. He's still one of the best workers in the business. But even last week when everybody. He's like, oh, he's still Pete Dunn, bell to bell. I'm like, this is like a saturated still Pete Dunn. Like, it's still Pete Dunn, but it feels saturated. It doesn't feel like the Pete Dunn that we saw in NXT UK, that we saw in NXT. And then he lost. And then you do you do this this week? Treat him like a damn child? Honestly, for me, it would have been better if we skipped that whole interview segment and the we lost Butch bullcrap. And they just showed the New Day signing autographs backstage, and then Butch just jumps over the table and beats the hell out of him. Less is more here, guys. Less is more, especially with the whole scrappy-doo young child thing. I mean, Dutch, you, you didn't know a whole lot about Pete Dunne before he showed up, and they changed his name to Butch. I mean, what do you think about the presentation of the guy? <clears throat> Being an unbiased observer that you are. I don't get it. He's a grown man. I don't think it makes Seamus and uh, the other guy look good because why would they have this guy? He's a, he's a completely insane. He's hitting them and arguing with them, and but I don't know. I've seen, I've seen. I'll say one thing: he plays the role well. He's committed he's done to it. Yeah. But see, but I am not. I'm not familiar with him before. See, this is my first time seeing him. But so are the fans. Basically, I would think. I don't think not everybody would. Certainly, not everybody seen his in NXT UK stuff. So, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're getting Maybe four times to straighten it out. You're getting four times the audience on SmackDown than you're getting on on NXT. So clearly, your your mainstream, hardcore Raw and SmackDown watchers. They don't know who Pete Dunn is. They don't have that background with him because the audience for NXT UK and NXT is not that big. Your hardcore fans, they know who Pete Dunn is and they're pissed off uh, that, that he's being presented this way. But for the people who don't know who he is, but why this would they is, give a crap who he is? Yeah, this is the thing. You, The Pete Dunn fans are pissed off because they want to see the one they know. Yeah. And you see, a lot of wrestlers was called fans like Marks, 
but I, I never call them marks. I call them customers. And when you piss them off, they don't forget that. You know, that's why WWE really has a lot of, a lot of bad blood between the fans because you cannot trust WWE now at all. So you can trust uh, the AEW people more because they stay, once they set a lane, they'll stay in it. Maybe it's because it's the same guy booking it. But WWE may do anything, and they won't stay in the lane. They'll go the. They'll actually go back on the interstate when you're heading north. They'll head south with it, and fans don't forget that stuff. So what is Bianca? Did Zelina Vega? Did she poison? I read this somewhere. Did she poison somebody's uh, husband, Bianca? Oh, that was is, months ago. That was I know, but what I'm saying, but I didn't was, even know. That was a year ago. Yeah, I didn't even know about it. But somebody brought it up said, wait, has she forgotten that she poisoned her husband? That's what I'm saying. Fans remember that stuff. So if you can stay in that lane now, I don't know. They will, they will just change, change it on the spur of the moment. The, the, the thing to me that I will always bring up as an example in these situations is they literally had Matt Riddle, back when he was Matt Riddle, uh, cut a promo about the reason why he doesn't wear shoes is because his feet were frostbitten and he doesn't have any feeling in them. Like, he literally, they literally stole that storyline straight out of Mr. Deeds. Not three months later is he losing a match because somebody stomped on his foot and it hurt. Not three months after Matt Riddle cut a promo saying, oh, it's cool. I don't feel anything on my feet because they're frostbitten. So I'd have no feeling in my feet. Three months later, somebody stomps on my yeah. foot. Ow! And I lose the match. <laughs> Ow, oh, that hurt like hell. Damn it. <laughs> So oh my God. they don't, they're like the Simpsons. They treat it like the Simpsons where stuff doesn't matter from a week to week or month to month basis. All right. The house burnt down last week. Oh, nope. It's back up next Sunday. Everything's fine. Well, WWE decides to do. Well, <laughs> Not all the time, can, but a lot of the time. But I will say WWE. Ah, they won't remember that. That's right. He's. I took a whip out one time on on Raw. You remember that? Uh, yeah. I got so a great the question next, for you. I go that. to SmackDown and don't bring the whip. I went, what? Don't bring the whip. I said, well, it was you guys' idea for me to bring it in the first place. I didn't suggest it. And so I, I was just I was going to ask, Vince on a, at the go position, the gorilla position. I said, "Hey, uh, I don't take the whip, right?" No, don't take the whip. Why not? And I forgot. He says, "I said, what am I going to say about it?" He says, "Just pretend it never happened." And that was that was it. Because twelve years of slave had, had just come out, and I, oh, it's gonna it's gonna remind people of slavery or whatever. Hell, it was their idea. And then I said, hell, it, I didn't come up with it. It was, but don't do it. And all I said was I was going to use it on damn uh, Rusev anyway, so I don't think it had any racial overtones to it. I said, but anyway, that was, his, that was his answer. 
So they means- said I had I took the whip out and we was in Memphis. Right. Fifteen minutes later, it was canceled. They said the phone started ringing, but it was corporate calling the calling the company. Tell that guy not to take that whip out there anymore. Blah 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 blah. Hell, they kind of got mad at me about it. Then <laughs> when I told him, I said, well, "You, you guys told me to do it. I didn't come up with it. I didn't even have it as you know. When I went out, I didn't ever took the whip with me. I used to, but I didn't use it there because there's no need to." So let me ask. And they you looked this. at me one day. This is, can you use a whip? <laughs> I said, "Well, yeah, kinda." Well, start bringing it. I said, "Okay." I used it. I used it one time. That's it. Get rid of it. So that said, let me ask you this. How does it make you feel knowing that Liv Morgan took a whip out at WrestleMania and the WWE put that thing up on auction and it sold for $10,000? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can do that (laughs) because that's that damn masochist sadist crap. You know, some guy saying, I give you $10,000. Use that whip on me. (laughs) I kind of see that. If she did, if, they should have sold it as a package deal, ten thousand for the whip, and ten thousand for her. She could have made twenty grand. Oh just my to god! Bust, just to pop that ass, I, buddy. I, so I, I'm a, just to clarify here before we end up in trouble. You're talking about like Liv using the whip, and that's it, right? Like, oh yeah, that's the, no. She okay. don't do anything else. Okay, she just, just sure. She just, she just beats right. the hell out of the guy. Okay, just wanted to clarify. The guy, the guy would love clarify. it. The guy would love it. Well, SP3, I hell, think that's I'd, I'd like, I'd like to. Then I would take the tape and sell it. Hell, I'd like to see it. <laughs> Stop it, Rick. <laughs> oh, oh, so SP3, your show tomorrow. What's up? It, are you doing it for? It's Easter weekend. You still doing it tomorrow? Yes, eleven oh five a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. True Hill Heat one seventy one. I don't know how I follow that. <laughs> Dutch is the greatest of all time. That's all I have to say. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. <laughs> That's what you got going on. I don't know. I'm gonna sell my whip now. I'm gonna put you it up. I probably money if you still I'll probably get it. I probably get about a hundred bucks for it. Oh, I did yeah. put the whip up one time. I got six hundred dollars for it. <laughs> Some goat farmer in damn Italy bought it. Go figure. You probably bought that thing for thirty bucks. Sold it for six hundred. No, it, actually, it was given to me. I didn't oh, spend okay. any money on. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, all right. So yeah, uh, subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast YouTube channel, please. B L E A Z. Sid and I will not be doing our normal seven a.m. podcast because we usually record no, because they're busy buying. They're they're busy <laughs> shopping whips. <laughs> yep, I'm hopping on eBay right now. Uh, no, but uh, we usually record our Monday show on Sundays. But since it's Easter, we're actually going to do a special live uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast two fifteen p.m. Eastern time on uh, Monday afternoon. So join us. We'll talk about everything that's uh, going down this weekend, including what's going to be going down tomorrow night on battle of the belt. Sid, are you expecting any surprises tomorrow night? 
Um, I'm not going to read the spoilers. So, yeah, probably we might get a surprise or two. Who knows? But it's going it, to they haven't done a good job of promoting the show. They need to do better with Battle of the Belts, period, to make it feel special. But I think the wrestling on the show will deliver. Yep, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, right. and if you're not into that, watch New Japan Pro Wrestling Windy City Riot on Fight TV because John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. My God, I can't wait to watch that match. All right, well. And we'll, if you're not into that, I'm going to YouTube and I'm going to put up a, a whip video of Rick and Sid together. Um, you can't see it anywhere else. That's Photoshopped. That's for damn sure. All right, well. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm out.